Galatians 6 and verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, that you would incline our ear to what you would say to us today. Open our eyes to the wonders of your word. God, that you would unite our hearts in your presence uh, and that you would satisfy our souls as only you can. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you translate to each one of us what we have need of today. Give us our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. And I thank you that you're so faithful and so capable to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So question to start off our time together this morning. Something I want to ask you and something I think it's helpful for you to ask yourself. It's a familiar question if you've been around a little while. I try to ask this on a regular basis because I think it's something that we need to have settled in our heart and it's helpful for us to think on. And the, the question is... Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Why are you a follower of Christ Jesus? And now sometimes when you ask that question, people will answer with how they became a Christian. That's not what I'm asking you. Why are you a Christian? Why do you follow Christ? Why are you here today? Why do you believe in Jesus? And you can have a lot of responses to that. And part of the responses are going to point out to how things are going in your relationship with him from time to time. But what I want to get to as far as our core response and what I think is the most helpful one for us to hold close to our hearts. Why am I a Christian? The answer is because I wasn't okay without him. I wasn't all right on my own. Right. And I realized that, thank God, by faith, I was able to see that my own sinfulness, repent and see that he had made a way for me to be righteous before God, the father, where I could be with him forever, that that life eternal could begin now and last forever. Why am I a Christian? Because I wasn't okay when I wasn't one. And I saw what a what what a beautiful life there was for me in Christ. I saw by faith, by faith, I believed and by grace I received and became. It reminds me of the one I was listening this week, a lot of music, a lot of reading, a lot of time, you know, spending out there looking at uh, the Gulf of Mexico and just thinking about how big God is. And in one of the songs that I was listening to said, you don't need a savior if you've never known sin and shame. So why am I a Christian? It's because I knew on my own sin and shame. And I found in him forgiveness and redemption. And in that, I want to walk with him 
This one that I wasn't okay without, I want to walk with him the rest of my life. I want to walk closely with him the rest of my life. And I want to walk more closely with him each day and each year, right? And so in January, we, we, we take a step back from our normal series where we're normally in a book of the Bible, verse by verse. We're in Ephesians. We've gone halfway through it and we paused there at Christmas in January because I, I want to lay some, continue to lay some things before you that the Lord has put on my heart that I think is going to give us fuel to run this year. Fuel to, to move forward this year as individuals and as the body of Christ. And, and this is going to be the last week of that time together. And it's all been kind of building towards this. Right. We started with Psalm 90 right after the first of the year. Lord, teach me to number my days so that I may develop a heart of wisdom. Teach me to realize that every day you give me in this life is important. And it's worthwhile and I've got something that I can be doing with it. Teach me to number my days. And we said it's a time of year that we can ask those bigger questions. Questions like that. Why am I? Why am I this? Why am I a part of this? Why am I a child of God? Why, why is it that I'm even here? We, we can step back and ask those big questions and have those deeper thoughts of, oh, man, I'm going to die one day. And that's going to get here quicker than I want it to, probably. It's going to get here faster than I realize, most likely. And that makes every day between this day and that more weighty. Right? I need to pay attention to what's going on in my life. So teach me to number my days. And then we, we talked about the two main things that we know we're going to do this year and that we need to do well this year. And that was what? When, pe- when people ask you, how's everything going? How's everything at the house? How's everything at work? How's everything at church? How's everything going? What, what's our answer? We've got things to celebrate and we've got things to contend with. We've got things that we need to step back and say, thank God for this. I am so thankful for this and celebrating those things and then understanding that there are going to continue to be things that I have to contend with. It's going to be a little bit of difficulty in my days that I'm going to have to grab hold of and deal with in order. And I need to be expecting to do both because if I stop contending, I run out of things to celebrate. And if I stop celebrating, I lose the will to contend. But what I contended for yesterday, I'm celebrating today. And what I contend for today, I'll celebrate tomorrow. So we celebrate and we contend. And we talked about in Timothy where Paul tells him to train or discipline yourself in and unto godliness. That physical fitness has some benefit, but godliness has benefit in this life and in the next. And discipline means that we can't depend on spontaneous Christianity in our life. Just when the feeling strikes us, that's the day I'll be a faithful Christian. That's the day that I'll seek after him. That's the day that I'll try to walk closely with him because it doesn't work any more than it works in our health and fitness, right? That I only go to the gym when the mood strikes me, I'm not going very often. That I only eat well when I get that inspiration, I don't get a lot of benefit out. Then we walk in the same weakness that we will in our physical body if we do it that way. 
And so in Galatians 6 and 7 through 10, uh, today it's going to be a continuation of that thought and hopefully a final note to make clear the opportunity that we have, not just today and every day, but this year specifically that I believe the Lord has put in an emphasis on in and, 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 and for us. Let's look at it again. Verse 7 in chapter 6. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he'll also reap. The one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap everlasting life in the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked or God will not be made to look like a fool. That's what that means. God's not going to look foolish in this deal about what? Whatever a person sows, that will they also reap. Now that seems like a weird thing to be deceived about, right? It's, that's, that's just simple farming. That's agriculture. If you, if you sow this kind of seed, this is the kind of plant that's going to come up. That's just common sense, right? It, it doesn't seem like we would get deceived about that. You plant tomatoes, you get tomatoes. You plant peppers, you get peppers. After whatever kind it was that you planted, it makes sense as far as that goes. It's not that we get deceived about that, but if you look at the, all the other areas of our life, we'll buy into hook, line, and sinker that we can plant one thing and get another. Or we'll plant, or that we can plant nothing and get something. We hope that it'll work out that way. Think about how we do with our health sometimes. And I think I heard one of our one of our docs say this, you know, that they'll have patients come in for either their annual checkup or their follow up checkup. You know, you do the thing, you get on the scale, you know, they check your cholesterol, they check your blood pressure and they you, you're reading the results. And the doc says, well, your, your cholesterol is still pretty high. And you say, well, man, I'd hoped it'd be better. And they go, oh, really? Well, have you been doing anything to change it? And I, no, I was just hoping it would be better. <laughs> have you ever done that? Like, I'm going to get on the scale. Like, that's not what I wanted it to do. Well, have I done anything to change what that number would be? Have I done anything to bring my blood pressure down? Have I done anything to bring my cholesterol down? Or am I just hoping that by doing nothing, I'll get something, right? That's in our health. What about our relationships? Right. If I walk in that towards my spouse where I don't really pick up after myself, I leave my dishes on the table, I leave my laundry in the floor. I, I, I don't really, you know, I go fishing when she has a headache and doesn't feel good and leaves everything at the house or when she's got something going on. I'm, I'm not paying attention to what she's doing and I'm living selfishly. But then when I walk in the room, I want her to look at me with those stars in her eyes and go, oh, he's here. Oh, I'm glad he's so. That's not how it's going to work. Right. I can't sow nothing. And get something. I can't sow selfishness and then expect love to, 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 to be the harvest that comes from that. Can I? No. Why? Because that's not what I planted. 
What I planted is what's coming back. What about my kids? What, what is it that I want for my kids? We say things like what we want for this child when we do a baby dedication, right? Is I want them to always trust God. I don't want them to remember a time that they didn't trust God. I want them to learn to, to be responsible and have a good work ethic and, and walk in character and, and morality and be an example in this generation. I want all these things for them. But it's hard to raise a kid. It's hard to teach them the right thing to do. And sometimes when those situations come up and those teaching moments come up, it's a lot easier for me to just go, I don't want to deal with this right now. Just go to your room. Just go outside or I'm going to go outside. And I just avoid them one at a time each time as it goes by and I get to the end of it. And are they going to be the way I wanted them to be? No. Why? Because I haven't sowed towards that. I haven't planted any of that seed and I shouldn't be surprised, right? What did I plant? I planted nothing and wanted something. If you have a field that's ready to be planted and you don't plant anything in it, guess what? Something's still coming up and it's going to be chaos and disorder. It's going to be weeds and, and thistles and thorns. And things that are going to get their roots down into the soil. That then now it's going to require more work just to get that stuff out of the way so that we can get good stuff in there. When I plant nothing, I don't get nothing. When I plant nothing, I get worse. I don't get better. And we're going to keep going. We're going to go a little bit further into this. What about on my job? Right. What if you work a job? What do you want on that job? You, you want advancement. You want more money. You, you want a better position. Right. You, you want all of those things. What am I planting every day? What am I planting every day? Am I on time? Do I show myself to be competent and reliable? Am I somebody that after I've been there for a little bit, the boss goes, thank God for them. Thank God that they're here. Or do they say, Lord, what in the world am I going to do with this one? Right? What is it that I'm planting day in and day out on my job? And then am I getting upset when I get back what it is that I planted? Oh, y'all got quiet. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean you're going to get everything if you put in the hard work and time. But what I do know is if you do those things, it will make room for you somewhere. Amen. If they don't appreciate you and you're walking and you're in, in the right things and doing what God has uh, commanded and laid out as the good and right things to do, that will make room for you. Because, again, what you sow, you will Reap, And all those are good and helpful examples of this principle, applications of how sowing and reaping works even in our regular life. But in verse 8, here in Galatians 6, it gives us the context of what he's talking about. All right, and a lot of times this is just, just, just uh, put towards finances, but you can see he goes deeper than that. He says, because the one who sows to the flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. 
Now, it says souls to the flesh. That doesn't mean just your, your physical body, just your flesh and blood. Like, well, if you spend time exercising and working out, then you're going to reap destruction. It's, it's not what it means. This word in the Greek, uh, it's, it's sarx, S-A-R-X. It's an easy one to remember. And it was originally a term used to talk about and describe the body. But in Paul's writings, he changes the context of this word. He creates almost a new definition for this word sarx or flesh. And the way we can read it is that it is our life outside of God. He's developed this new definition of the the flesh or sarks is man's nature outside of the influence and communion with God. Flesh. So we can read it like this, that when you sow seed to life on your own outside of God, you will of that seed reap what? Destruction. Corruption. But if you sow seed to life in God, life with God, then you of that seed reap life in and through the spirit. Our days, our decisions, our actions, our habits, they are all planting seed for us this year. They're going to. That's not optional. The things that you do, the things that you say this year is planting seed for you each day that you'll see come up throughout the year. It's true for all of us. And we want to see that and we want to see the importance of it. We we don't want to disregard the fact that this is happening because, again, if we're not paying attention to it, it's going to go off all on its own and we're not going to get the good and right things that we want. Today is an opportunity for us to seed tomorrow. Today is an opportunity to plant something that will benefit from tomorrow. The things that I do, the things that I say. It's planting a seed. Paul said, don't be deceived. God won't be made a fool of what you plant. You will Harvest. Don't think it's strange when you harvest what it is that you've been planting. That's what he's saying. Why? Because scripture tells us as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. This idea of seeding and planting has with it another aspect when we talk about seeds. And that's the, the idea of multiplication. That you plant one thing and get several things that come back to you. A couple years ago in the spring, uh, the ditch that's in front of our house by the highway, uh, I was out there doing something. Maybe I was taking the trash cans out by the road for pickup day. And I noticed there was a vine growing in the ditch. It was a vine that shouldn't have been in the ditch. And it's got these flowering blooms on it. I'm like... That looks really neat. What in the world? Where did this come from? So I go, what I do when stuff like that happens, is I go get everybody and make them come look at it. <laughs> I, you know, dad does that kind of stuff. Everybody goes, come here, I want to show you something. What is it? I said, come here. I want to show you something. I want y'all to see this. And so I get everybody out there and I'm like, what is this? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. 
I'm trying to figure out what it is. And then Luke, who was about four at the time, he's standing there and he's looking at it. And then he pipes up and goes, Daddy, do you remember that uh, last year we throwed me and Caleb's pumpkins in the ditch? I said, I do remember that. He said, do you think those pumpkin seeds turned into a pumpkin plant? And that's exactly what it was. We had cast that out. It's like, all right, you know, you're done. They painted them or they carved them or whatever. And they start to stink a little bit. And I just threw them out in the ditch by the road. And I let them throw them in the ditch, too, because then they bust. And the boys think that's fun. That's the kind of things boys do. But you get one seed that takes root there in the ground. That's not even really trying to plant it. That's just casting it out. Right. One seed takes root and produces a vine that if we attended to it any at all would have produced several pumpkins, right? So you throw out one, you sow one, you plant one, and you get several back. That, that, that's the power that God has placed in just natural seeds, and it's impressive. It was impressive to me that Luke knew that. I don't still don't know how he knew that. I'm, he scares me sometimes with the things that he knows and the things he's able to pick up on. But what we saw in that, what you see anytime you plant a seed, is the power that God has invested in His creation for it to do what He made it to do. It's awesome to see that that you can plant something and water it and then he brings the increase. You did what you could do, but then he does what only he can do. It's amazing to think about that since all he in the very beginning, he seeded the earth and that seed has produced ever since. Multiplying. Spreading. Seed produces fruit. What does it contain in it? Seed. That can produce fruit. That produces seed. That produces fruit. That produces seed. That produces fruit. And as long as the earth has remained, it has continued. The the power that he's vested in this. And Paul would even reference it uh, in uh, Corinthians, right? When he's talking about our Christian life, he, he said, one will plant... And another one, water. What's he talking about? Teaching and preaching and bringing forth the message. As we start to learn more about God, he said, one's going to plant, another one's going to water, but they're not really anything because it's God that brings the increase. God brings the increase on what we have planted and that what we have watered. It's his power that brings it about. So when you're hearing me talk about some of these things, it's not on our power that we get it done. It's his power that brings it about. Without him, we can do nothing. And with him, if we do nothing, guess what we still get? Nothing. We still get nothing. I wish Danny was here because he might even have it with him. They, they were out. We pray for them that they'll be quickly recovered. But um, he has in his uh, Bible case a packet of, I think it's tomato seeds. You know, the kind that you buy at Walmart or at the, you know, farm supply store when you're going to plant some, just a little packet of seeds, probably costs like 98 cents, a little packet of tomato seeds. And he's had it in there for years. As an example, 
He said, I could take these seeds and plant them and water them and tend to them. And then what would come up? A tomato plant would grow up and all these tomatoes would grow off of these one little seed. But do you know how many tomato plants it's grown as long as he's had that seed packet in his Bible just sitting there? Not one. Not one. There's the power in it to do it. It's been invested with power from God Almighty to do that. But as long as he keeps it in that package, unopened, unplanted, untended, he, can, he, he gets none of the benefit of the power that is in that seed. That was put there by the Lord of the universe. The king of all things empowered that to be able to do what it can do. And he's able to limit it just by keeping it in that little packet, keeping it in his Bible. And again, he does it as an example. He's had it in there for a few years. And in that example, he misses out on what? Some maters, right? Which is not nothing. You know, a homegrown mater is pretty good. I'm looking forward to that coming up in the spring. I'm going to buy them from the guy who has planted them already. I've learned my lesson on that. It's cheaper for me to do that than to plant them myself. They take a little bit of time. I think that's where we're getting with all this, right? But so he's missing out on on a few maters. But if we miss out on the, the things that we can plant and sow into our Christian life so that we walk more closely with God, we miss out on so much more. And we end up walking through crises and pain that would have been avoidable. Would have been optional. And not all of them are optional. But some of them are. Some of the crises that we find ourselves in, if we had planted the right thing yesterday, we wouldn't be walking in that today. And so while he's missing out on some maters to keep that in there as an example, if we miss out on what we can sow, the good and right things that we can sow in this Christian life to walk more closely with him, we will miss out on much and more to our detriment and our pain. That doesn't mean we're going to miss out on heaven. I'm saved and on my way to heaven. But I want to start experiencing that now. I want to start walking in that more now. His power at work in our participation cultivates the kingdom in our life. It grows the kingdom in our life. I was reading just this last week in Matthew 13. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And then that example, who the enemy came and sowed his seed in the field. The bad seed, weeds in the field. But the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Say the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man planted, where? In his field. They started out really small, but then grew to be the biggest plant of all the ones he had planted. So big that the birds could come and nest in its branches. And he's talking about how the kingdom starts, right? The the kingdom starts even in the world as that small mustard seed and grows in the same way that a, a seed that we plant in the ground grows. It's endued with power from on high. So is the kingdom of God to manifest here in the earth. But what did it say happened? It said the man planted that seed in his own field. 
The man planted that seed in his own field or we planted and we cultivate the kingdom right where we are. And like I said, he, he started seeding creation in the beginning and has continued since then. Christ planted the seed of the kingdom when he shed his blood and gave his life for us, for our salvation, for our redemption. And it's been multiplying ever since as the gospel goes forth and does what Paul uses this language all over the place. And the gospel has been bearing fruit among you. It was planted among you and it's been growing and you've been tending that in your life and you are experiencing and walking in the fruits of it here on earth. And it makes a difference, not just in our life, but in the culture that we live in, the places that we go to work, the places that we go for recreation, the people that we're around. It has an effect. So again, back to our question, why am I a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Because we weren't okay on our own. We weren't okay without him. Don't we want to walk more closely with him? Don't we want that? We asked that we, we've asked the question several times after the first of the year. Do you want to be closer with God this time next year than you are right now? Or do you want to be further away? Which one do you? Everybody. Everybody says, I want to be closer. Right? Or else we wouldn't be here. Everybody says, I want to be closer. What am I doing to seed that in my life? Are we planting the seed in our life, sowing to the Spirit, this seed that, that is endued with His power to bring that about? And we know we're talking about all the avenues of grace that He's made available to us. Scripture, prayer, fellowship service with the body of Christ, corporate worship, all the things that He's given us to better know Him and walk with Him. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a person sows, he will also reap because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. Life, if, when I sow to my life without God, I reap destruction from my life without God. But the one who sows to the spirit, to walking closely with the one who has saved us, delivered us and set us free, called us his own, will reap eternal life from the spirit. And then he says, let us not get tired of doing good because we're liable to. It's not easy to do good. It's not easy to do the right thing, but it's worth it. He said, let us not get tired of doing what is good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. How many fields have we planted and walked away from because we got tired? Because we wore out and we missed out on that harvest in our life. And he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ. How can I pray for my brother and sister when they need prayer if I don't pray? How can I know what to pray if I don't read the word? How can I encourage them with the truth of God's word, if I haven't been reading it, how can I do that? I can't. I can't reap something I didn't sow. I can't pluck something I didn't plant. It's got to come from somewhere. How can I serve them 
and love them and encourage them if I never come to the gathering? How can I? I, You can't. You can't. How can I be encouraged if I never come? You can't. You can't reap something you didn't sow. And this doesn't mean, oh, you're going to be, you're you're just going to be lost. You're going to be with the evil one. No, but you're sure going to feel like it. Because you're going to be missing out on all the good and right things that God has for you in your life. Because you left the seed in your pocket. You left it sitting on the shelf. How can I expect to harvest if I don't plant it? And again, it's going to be a little bit of work. We've talked about that. It's harder to be disciplined, but you have more freedom when you're disciplined because there are more doors open to you. You can do more as a disciplined Christian because you've opened up more doors for yourself. And this is not a condemnation. It's not. It's an encouragement. It's an encouragement. Look at what's available to us in Christ. Look at all that's available to us in Christ. Look at look at where he has he has put us at the front of a plowed row with seed in our hand and just says, tend it, plant it, water it, tend it and watch what I will do. It's a challenge to to see what's at stake again. Number teach me to number my days. I just had a year go past that I don't get back. That's one less than I have before. I've told you every time I I get up here, I don't want to take it for granted because I don't know how many more times I get to do this. Lord willing, a long time. I'm trying to sow seed so that I get to do this a long time, but I don't take that for granted. I want to realize that every single one is important. Every single one is an opportunity to encourage you and hopefully lay out a truth that the Holy Spirit can set on fire and deposit in your heart that's going to fuel you as you go through this life in Christ to know that you have hope and peace and strength and wisdom and all of these things available in Him if you will just take the seeds out of the packet and begin to plant and water them and put them in the ground. What did we talk about a few weeks ago? We have to put it on the calendar. What is it that I'm going to do? Because if I don't put it on the calendar, if I don't purpose in my heart to do it and say, this is what I'm going to do this year. These are some things that I'm either going to continue to walk in or I'm going to walk in anew so that I can know you more, walk with you more closely, know how much you love me so that by the end of this year, I'm stronger than I was. I'm further than I was. I'm more helpful to others than I was. What is it that I'm going to do? And we don't want to get overwhelmed because if you get overwhelmed, you're going to quit. You can make the task as small as it needs to be for you to be faithful to it. As small as it needs to be. How am I going to engage with scripture this year? Maybe you say, I'm going to read one chapter a day. Maybe you say, I'm going to read less than that. Maybe I'm going to read one chapter a week. I'm just going to take that chapter and I'm going to, I'm going to read over it. I'm going to read through it. I'm going to read it off and on for the whole week. If you do that for a whole year, watch what God will do with it. Make it as small as you need to so you'll be faithful to it. If you say every day when I brush my teeth, I'm going to spend a little bit of time thinking on him and praying. Because you don't have to speak out, right? 
You should be brushing your teeth for a couple of minutes, right? Not just 20 seconds. You should be brushing your teeth anyway, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be reaping some things that you don't want to reap. Stack it in with something that you're already doing. To say, Lord, when I'm on my way to work in the morning, instead of cutting the music on for that first few minutes, I'm going to give that to you. And I'm going to talk to you about my day. I'm going to talk to you about what's coming up. And I'm going to talk to you about the things that I'm worried about or that I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about. And I'm going to ask you to be involved in it. And watch what he'll do. Because he is not going to be mocked. What a man. <laughs> Nephew just read by with Abby chasing him. I'm sorry. What a man sows, he's going to reap. Watch what he'll do. If you commit to planting and watering and tending the seed that he's given us. Think about it. Because all, so many times I, I think or I hear things like, I'm, I'm barely making it, right? This is a world that's hard to live in. It's a hard world to live in. And we find ourselves, I'm barely making it. How, whatever that means, whether it's in my health, my emotions, my finances, I, I'm, I'm barely making it. Well, guess what? If you don't do anything different and you're barely making it, the next step is not making it. If you're barely making it and you're not going to change anything, what is it that you expect to change? You just expect something to randomly change for the better? If you're barely making it, you really need to pay attention to that. Because the next step is not making it. And we've, he's given us the principle. He's given us the opportunity to think on it and go, wait, that is an area that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with struggles and issues and, and things with. Lord, you've given me so I can't do everything, right? I can't make that seed grow. But I can keep it in my pocket and make sure it doesn't. If I'm barely making it and I don't do anything different, the next step is not making it. I can't just, you know, like at the doctor. Well, I was hoping my cholesterol would go down. Well, did you eat different? No. Did you exercise? No. Well, did you even think? I mean, did you do anything different? I just hoped it would be better. I wanted it to be better, so I'd hope that it would be. When we had things in our reach that we could have done, but it didn't get better. And that's not fear. That's not doom and gloom. That's like, look at the opportunity that we have. He has laid this before. You know, this is what y'all all need to do. Here's the recipe. Because y'all are coming in here at different ages, different times in your life, different things going on. And he's got something specific for you. You need to ask him. And I've been encouraging you to do that. Hopefully you have. Because he will. It's the other thing he's faithful to do. He's going to show you. He's going to show you. You keep asking him, he's going to show you. And, and if you're wondering what it is, it's that thing that keeps getting repeated. That, that you keep hearing no matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, that thing that keeps popping up, that's what it is. That's the one. Grab hold of that. Make it small enough that you can do it. And be faithful to do it between you and him for the rest of this year. Lord, show me what I've been planting in the wrong place. Show me what I could be planting 
to grow together with you. Because I want to be closer to you at the end of this year. That's what I want. That's what I said I wanted. And I'm going to purpose in my heart to do something to bring it about. Because your participation in His power cultivates the kingdom in your life. I'm not, going to keep, I'm not going to continue to keep my seeds that you've given me on the shelf. I'm not going to continue to keep all the seeds and the potential that you've given me in my pocket. I'm going to sow the kingdom into my life every day because I know you'll bring about the harvest. Again, I can't make it, I can't make it happen. I might as well put a rock in the ground and expect something to come up from it. But he does the work. All I do is participate. Lord, teach me to number my days so that I know how important they are. I want to celebrate the wins that we've had. And I want, to be, I, I want to be strengthened by you so I can contend for the wins we're going to get this year. So that I can stand the strength that you've given me. I can stand to help my life and help others around me. Train me in godliness. Physical training has some benefit. But godliness in my life is going to have benefit in this life and for eternity. And I won't be deceived. You are not mocked. What I sow, I will reap. Teach me how to sow the seeds of the kingdom in my life. The ones that you've given me. Again, it's not complicated how people change. It's simple. It's just not easy. And that's why we usually step back from it. But again, I'll encourage you over and over. It's worth it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you don't ever give us a challenge, that you don't give us the power to see it brought about. Philippians says you you will give us the desire and the ability to do what pleases you. Lord, forgive us for, for any foolishness we walked in, sowing one thing and expecting to reap another. I thank you that you forgive us of that and, and we repent. We want to change the way that we think in regards to our life this year. And I thank you that you're going to reveal to us, each and every one, as we come to you and ask, in faith believing, Lord, what is it that I need to do? Are there things that I'm doing that I need to continue or that I need to stop? Is there something new that I need to step into this year? Even if it seems small, you stack it up one day on top of the next and you watch what he'll do with that principle of multiplication when it comes to seed time and harvest time. He will bring about more change than you could ever imagine with just a little bit of everyday, ordinary faithfulness. Lord, I thank you that as we show ourselves to be faithful to your word, to seek you there where you may be found, where you said that you would be as we seek you in prayer, because you said that you are listening to us when we pray and you are leading us by the power of your Holy Spirit as we show ourselves willing to listen. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to show us where we can sow seed in our life to move from barely making it to overcoming by the power that you've invested in each one of those seeds. I thank you that we'll share in that together as we walk together this year. I thank you that we'll be stronger. I thank you that we'll have more peace. I thank you that we'll have more patience. I thank you that we'll walk in greater love to those around us, a greater awareness of how valuable life is and how valuable every opportunity is. I thank you, Lord, we won't grow weary in doing good. And we'll reap a harvest because we didn't lose 
heart. We stayed faithful to the field that you gave us, the seed that you had put in our hand. We, we didn't just cast it out and walk away because it got difficult, but we stayed faithful where we were. And I thank you that you were always faithful to us. I thank you that Christ opened a, such a door for us into this new life with you. And Lord, that we wouldn't neglect this great gift that we've been given. This great salvation we've been given in Him that isn't just for the last day of our life. It's for every day of our life. That, that You will be more involved. That You will be Lord and God over our life. And I thank You for all those benefits that we will not forget. Just like we read in Psalm 103 this morning. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. All You've given us to walk in. Lord, as we get ready to go today, I thank you that we go in peace and unity together with one another. Or we pray for those that are out from among us, weak in their body, that you would strengthen them, heal them, and bring them back safely to us. Lord, those that are working, that they would do so in a way that brings glory to you. And that they wouldn't grow weary, but they'd be strong and mighty to do the task ahead. And Lord, I know we've got some traveling. Keep them safe. Give them favor wherever it is that they go and show them your goodness even in, even in far and other places, I thank you that you, you go before them and you shield their way and you bring them safely back to us. And Lord, as we go through this week, that we would do so with you in mind, that we would meditate on these things and on your word, and that we would continue to seek you and ask you as we, find, as we finish up this month, that we would purpose in our heart to set some things in place this year, that we would walk with the one who has redeemed us. And we'd spend time with the one who gave his life for us, knowing that our time with you and life with you will bring about more than we could have ever imagined. You were able to be, do more than we can ask or that we can think. And we thank you for your goodness in our life. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.